unmistakable way you have to kick it off when we're going big. That is punch you in the eye from the first fish festival ever, the Clifford Ball. And welcome back and welcome everyone to episode 44 of the Daily Soundcheck. I am your host, Mike Lon Memominio. We've been gone a little bit. I have been busy as all hell with stuff in my life. I am currently running a project called 21 in 21, which you can find on lawnmemo.com. This is our sixth year running this. I enlist 21 different writers to recap all the shows of the previous summer tour. So last year, including all the Baker's Dozen and the Run Before and Dick's, there was 21 shows. So we have 21 different writers this year. We are already 10 deep. I have a post coming out on Thursday that I'm pretty excited about as well. So my time has been, you know, cut a little bit here for the sound check, but it's about time and I'm pretty excited to bring you one of the greats. So a couple things I want to take care of before we get too farther. Um, again, you can reach us on Twitter at Lawn Memo, and the website for the Daily Soundcheck is simply thedailysoundcheck.com. For all the people that have donated to our donation page, which you can find right on the website to give us a little encouragement and love and thank you, much appreciated. You people are amazing. We are also very proud to have our first partner for the Daily Soundcheck. Are you one of those people who obsesses over fish set lists every night when they're on tour? Do you have a long text chain with your friends debating over what they'll play that night? Well, check out Lure Social. That's L-U-R-E social.com. It's a digital community that connects fans for a unique fantasy gaming experience. You select shows, create set lists, of what you think fish will play and compete against the entire fish community. We've been playing it and it's really fun. We encourage you to check it out. Visit luresocial.com to play. And if you think you might be able to beat me, good luck. So again, the Daily Soundcheck is a proud partner of the Osiris Podcast Network, which you can find at osirispod.com. A lot of people killing it in our podcast community. I mean, Tom Marshall's last couple episodes for Under the Scales have been pretty epic, but everybody else is doing an amazing job, so check out some of those podcasts, really good stuff on there. So let's get down to why everybody's come back after a couple weeks. It's the Clifford Ball. It's the Clifford Ball sound check. This is the goods, and we got to talk about the Clifford Ball a little bit. So I'm going to break things down for you in three parts. We're going to first talk about the Plattsburgh Air Force Base. I'll talk to you a little bit about the Clifford Ball. And finally, I will break down the great Clifford Ball sound check for you. So let's first talk about the Air Force Base. Now, before the base was ever built, Plattsburgh actually had the oldest military post in the United States. It had maintained a military presence on that site since December 30th, 1814. Now, the base is massive. It covers 3,447 acres, and it is in the very, very northeast corner of New York. Now, it actually had some air command that was stationed there up until 92. It had an air mobility post from 92 to 95, and actually they were testing missiles there, and it was one of the four places where the Atlas launching system was being developed. 
So, unfortunately, the Plattsburgh Air Force Base was officially closed on September 30th, 1995, which was a result of the 1993 Defense Closure and Realignment Action. So, what happened and what everyone was scared for in Plattsburgh was the economic impact. Plattsburgh is not a very big place. It does not have a huge economy, and losing this Air Force Base actually really, really scared them. So what happened was everybody was very fearful, but in reality, it was so remote, this Air Force Base, that really it didn't have the economic impact that everyone feared. So what was the loss with the Air Force Base closure happened to be Fish's gain. So with everyone scared, running around, wondering how they were going to come up with the lost economic impact here, a man by the name of Nate Sears devised a way to make up approximately $30 million in three days. And that was the first step in the Clifford Ball coming to the Plattsburgh Air Force Base. So things have changed a lot since the Clifford Ball. It is now called the Plattsburgh International Airport. And it is a county public use airport. Originally, they had some passenger service, which began in 2007, but that was all shut down. So all airline service is goes through the airport here and it's trying to expand its terminal. Allegiant flies out of here and it markets itself as the U.S. airport for Montreal with 75% of all its passengers coming from Canada. So that's a little history on the Plattsburgh International Airport and where it is. Let's talk about the Clifford Ball. So something interesting about the Clifford Ball has actually come to light in the last couple years. Our good friend over at YEM Blog and Jambase, Scott Bernstein, actually wrote up an incredible article about how the Clifford Ball almost didn't happen. The CEO of Plattsburgh Air Force um, Base, Mark Barry, actually tried to get this thing canceled about a day or two before the contract. They were very worried about how this was going to look as they were trying to market it as an international airport, but this crazy concert was coming through. He was very worried about how much cleanup was going to be after because they had to try and market it. It ended up being about 40 tons of garbage, which is an incredible number. Right after the Clifford Ball took place, Fish actually asked and said they wanted to return. And in a very close vote in the local uh, officials, they all agreed that it was going to not happen again. So Fish moved on. So I will link that incredible article from Scott Awesome job, Scott. We love you. And that will be up in the podcast notes and on the website for you. So the Clifford Ball had been something the band had been thinking about for a very long time. If you happen to get a chance, make sure you listen to Brad Sands on the latest uh, episode of Under the Scales. He gives an incredible breakdown of this and talks a little bit about how it all came together. So kind of the first thing that happened was, if you listen to Brad, he talks about that there was a festival in Denmark Fish played on June 28th, 1992, called Roskilde, which is this huge, massive festival that Fish played. Actually, Brad talks about how Nirvana closed it out, and it was just this incredible moment. But Trey started talking and said, we should do something like this. So I think that was kind of the first step as to how this all came together. Another notable part was about five years prior, the band was walking through the Pittsburgh airport and came across a plaque with a a plaque for Clifford Ball. And it said, Clifford Ball, a beacon of flight in the world of flight, which became the motto of the Clifford Ball. And that's where it got its name. 
So fish had really been growing, you know, exponentially as we've talked about in the previous episodes. And here in 1996, it was time to give it a shot. I think what everybody will remember about the Clifford Ball is the sheer size of it. Nothing like this had ever been done. A singular band festival was unheard of, let alone to draw what Fish ended up drawing. We're talking 70,000 people. Four times the size of Plattsburgh was at this festival. It became the ninth biggest city in all of New York State that weekend, and it also added an estimated 20 to 30 million to the local economy. I mean, this thing was massive. And I, what I, I, I reached out on Twitter and everybody kind of gave me some of their favorite memories. And I think what everybody remembers most is they couldn't believe there was this many fans just like them into fish the way they were. This was the first kind of tangible thing to see all these people digging and getting down to fish the way you were. One of the crazy things to think about and remember from 1996 was this was really the cusp of cell phones, so barely anyone had one. If you did, they didn't work for shit. So, you know, finding people in this mass of humanity was quite the chore. There was actually in the middle of Ball Square, which was this crazy, you know, area right in the middle where there was all kinds of incredible art and sculptures and things like that was a cork board where you could actually write on an index card if you were looking for somebody or leave messages. It's almost like carrier pigeon. You were leaving something for somebody to try and find you, and it worked. I mean, a lot of people met up that way. It was uh, something else and quite the different time. You know, that kind of rings through when you're looking through on the Clifford Ball DVD and stuff like that. So this actually ended up being the biggest concert in all of 1996 in the United States. I remember, you know, MTV covering it, coming down. There's an you can find that right on YouTube. I'll link that. It's it's quite a step back into time. There's a great clip with the Plattsburgh mayor walking through the beginning and people are, "Hey, you want some nugs?" He's like, "What's a nug?" Hilarious stuff. So, it's a really cool look back in time. And you know, we're 22 years later. It's crazy to think about. So, you know, massive place. There was three giant video screens there, four sound towers. They had bombers, fighters, gliders, carnival rides, jugglers. There was guys on stilts. And kind of the thing that goes along with the cell phone is we also had the first secret jam, which was the incredible flatbed truck jam. And a lot of people had no idea it even happened until you went to fish message boards or you heard about it from different people. I mean, you you easily could have went to the Clifford Ball and not even known that fish played on the flatbed truck. So, you know, amazing time. Love it. I love going back into history. But it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of our show. And that's going to cover the Clifford Ball soundcheck. Now, the Clifford Ball soundcheck was released on the amazing six-DVD Clifford Ball DVD box set, and it is a 53-minute absolute incredible journey through all kinds of different styles of fish, and it started the trend of these massive jam soundchecks that we get at festivals and something I just cannot wait to see at Curveball. So the Clifford Ball soundcheck is actually made up of a couple different parts. 
The first 12 minutes or so is a very laid back groove. Trey eventually takes control of things and it just turns into this awesome, funky, groovy section. Fish is crushing on the drums and eventually it kind of just ends abruptly at about the 12 minute mark. And what's very interesting to me and ironic for the fact that I think it's one of the best jams in this whole soundcheck is Trey and Fish have a conversation that's fascinating to listen to. They're talking about how everybody mimics each other. And once, you know, Trey plays something, everybody will kind of do the exact same thing. And he talks about how that's something that they do too much. And Fish kind of says, hey, but I thought that was pretty awesome. And then Trey goes, yeah, it was awesome, but we got to do some different things. And it's just a fascinating look to how Fish examines how they jam and tries to improve it. They go into a hold your head up kind of tweezer reprise jam for five minutes. And then at about the 20 minute mark of the sound check, they go into this blissful ambient kind of exploratory section. Very cool. You can sit back, drift off for a little bit. After that, at about the 26 minute, Trey lays down this groove and this lick that is from the gods. It is another awesome part of this sound check and they build on this jam. It's rocking. You will get out of your seat and start moving. And then the last section is a section where they kind of just go into this hilarious fish calling out everybody that is working around the Clifford ball. They talk about the guy doing the burgers. They talk about Mr. Sausage They talk about the people on the lawn, and it is everything about fish that made them fun and amazing. So there you go. Without further ado, it's time to play for you the 53-minute epic journey that is the Clifford Ball Soundcheck from August 15th, 1996.
Thank you. 
ladies and gentlemen, the Clifford Ball sound check. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It is one of my favorites, and it really set the precedent for all our future festival sound checks, and more importantly, all our future festivals. It was something never done before. The historical impact of the Clifford Ball, groundbreaking. So I hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane. We'll be back with more episodes sometime shortly. I am going to be very busy, but I will try to get some more episodes out before the start of tour. So everybody, this was episode 44 of the Daily Soundcheck. Love you all. Hope you enjoy your fish and peace be the journey. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.